Each spring, Pensacola Christian College hosts the Enrichment Retreat designed for pastors, ministry leaders, and church staff to enjoy a time of rest and to be refreshed by the Word of God. Today's message was from a past Enrichment Retreat keynote speaker. Visit EnrichmentRetreat.com for details or to learn more about the upcoming retreat. Matthew 26 and verse number 40 and 41. And if you would please read this with me aloud, verses 40 and 41. Ready? And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And then notice Matthew chapter 6. And uh, let's go ahead and follow along. Most of you can do it by heart, but a lot of times people throw in trespasses instead of debtors. So for those of you that are trespassing instead of debting, um, maybe you want to read with me verse number 9 through 13. And here we are. We're going to feel like Presbyterians this morning. You ready? Okay, here. Let's pray. And as our Lord taught us to pray, after this manner, therefore pray ye, say it with me, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We have four kids. When our fourth kid was born, he was born dying. The doctors could not give us any hope that he was going to live. Uh, We saw God do a miraculous turnaround. Uh, The doctor, uh, our children's doctor, Dr. Michael Knapp, I'll never forget this. Um, We had a conversation before... Our baby was born uh, after he was one, he was already our other three kids doctors, and we had this conversation. We went out to lunch together, and he had been reared up in a Bible believing environment. But now he was in a church that he said the pastor he said he has he has taught a series on why the Bibles are not relevant for today, why there are no bo- miracles that happen. And he even put a question mark like Tom Jefferson did on the mirror. I, I know Tom, I, I, first name, right? Okay. So, <laughs> okay. I call George just Geo. Okay, forget about it. And uh, uh, Benny, you know. But anyway, um, Tom Jefferson, you know, he, he just wanted only the teachings of Jesus, not the acts of Jesus, okay? And so uh, I remember, I, I said, but what do you think about that, uh, Dr. Knappick? I mean, said, really? I said, you're going to do away with the Bible? If we take away the miraculous, we take away who God is. And then, I'll never forget this, when God miraculously healed our baby boy, um, I remember he, there was a team of doctors that said, we can't give any hope. But when there was a turnaround, I remember the doctor came down the, I I still see him coming down the corridor of the hospital, and he comes into our door, and he goes like this, and he said, I don't know, Reverend. I think what we have here is a miracle. You know, as far as I was concerned, it was a miracle. And I was, my next preaching appointment out of town was in Colorado. And it was so apropos, I'm uh, kneeling in the um, motel and I'm looking out at one of the Rocky Mountains and I was thinking about the passage, right? I will lift up mine eyes into the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. And I remember, this may sound kind of juvenile, but I remember saying this. I said, Lord, I am so blessed and honored that you have seen fit to heal our son. I am so blessed. Uh, By the way, usually every Friday, we now take care of his son. It's a beautiful thing. But anyway, um, we have 13 grandkids. Thanks for asking. Okay, but anyway, um, (laughs) 
as George W. Bush was saying. <laughs> okay, but anyway, so I said, Lord, I'm so blessed. I, you know, I, I remember saying this. I said, Lord, I, I know that uh, you, know, you are Barbara's life, you're my life, but I, I don't know how my wife was going to get over this. I've never seen anything like it. Isn't it amazing how God gives you a love for a child so early on? You know what I mean? I mean, he's 34, but man, he is 34, isn't it? Yeah, but that's the baby. And I, 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 I felt like the love was there very strong. It's there stronger now. But I said, Lord, I am so blessed for Barbara's sake, for my sake, for Christ's sake, that you healed him. You've done us a favor. And I know it sounds juvenile. Is there anything I can do for you? I remember I said that, but not, not as lightly as I just said. Is there anything that I can do for you? Some might ask, does God speak audibly? I say, if you are in tune to God, louder than that. I mean, if he says, he that hath ears, let him hear 15 times in the Bible, I'd say he's got a message and he wants you to hear. I mean, it was as plain as day. Here's what I sensed in my heart. Yes, you can. I miss my people. During this time... This was no joke. I had a certain prayer regimen that I went through in college, and some of my friends met with me, and they said, Johnny, we're concerned about your imbalance. We need to have the right amount of study, the right amount of, uh, um, the right amount of soul winning, and the right amount of prayer. We fray, we're afraid you're getting lopsided in prayer. I should have remembered what my father told me some years ago. Son, I've known men that have done visiting beyond their need to do that. Even studying, becoming educated fools. But he said, son, I've never met a man that ever prayed too much. I've never spent time with prayer and said, well, that's a waste of time. I've often come out of prayer saying, I can't believe that I was trying to detour away from that. So I came back to my regiment of one hour of prayer. And all I did was cut it down from one hour to 45 minutes, that's all. And I just went back to an hour, but even more than that, for I was praying and fasting for the healing of our son. And God said, and you've enjoyed the fellowship with me. I said, I have. It's been great. And he said, I want to tell you something. I have enjoyed it with you. But I miss my people. I'm commissioning you to teach my body to pray. Well, I, I don't have a format. I don't, I don't have a book on that. He says, I do. Just teach them what I've taught. And so I labored over that. Luke 11, Lord, teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples to pray. And then I saw that very beautiful prayer that I was taught. Actually, I don't remember memorizing the prayer. I just remember, I always, do you remember, for those of you reared reared up in a church, do you remember memorizing John 3.16? Andrew, you remember? You know, this sounds spiritual. I always knew. I don't know. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. You just know it. Okay, how about songs? Do you remember memorizing Amazing Grace? It just, you, right? Okay. And so I, I remember, by the way, in public school, I remember saying this prayer in public. How many are old enough to remember saying this prayer in public school? Wow. That's amazing. Wow. Okay, not many. But I remember, I remember Psalm 121, sixth grade, required to memorize Psalm 21. Public school. So I began to look at this and I said, this really is great because 
when I gave it all to Jesus as a teenager, I remember going into my mom and dad's um, a garage, and uh, I remember I would have stations. <laughs> Sounds very uh, Catholic, doesn't it? Naturally, the Pope would have the stations of the cross. And, you know. But I would have, you know, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then, and then when, when the Lord spoke to my heart, and I remember saying, well, Lord, I'll feel like a Pharisee going out on the street corner and sounding off. He said, I didn't say go to the street corner. Go to my body. Go to my church. And then I felt like the Lord especially spoke to my heart, especially to the men, especially to your men. And so 34 years ago, there was a group of men that started praying with me alive at 5. Between 5 and 6 in the morning, we would pray. And we did that for 14 years. Some of the men, it was a neat peer pressure that took place. In other words, if you wanted to be somebody in our church, you better be a prayer warrior. Okay? So I saw some, and then I found out some of our men were coming off the road because they were sleeping. I said, you know what? I've been thinking about this. How when you spend an hour with God is not nearly as important as spending the time with God. And by the way, whether it is an hour or a half hour, that's between you and the Lord. It'd be better to have 15 minutes every day than having three hours today and ignore God for the rest. Have you ever eaten so much and you said, man, I've eaten so much, I don't need to eat tomorrow? And then you wake up starving to death, huh? Because man can live by bread. It's a daily intake. So prayer daily is more important than the length of time. And then, then again, I don't want to be uh, forming a legalistic mode saying this is the only way you have to do it. But I will say this, for the minister who's to give himself continue to prayer in the ministry of the word, I think that maybe you should consider, maybe, hey, try this, okay? This is my goal, pray an hour every day. I'd like to do that. How can I do that? How about us following the Lord's prayer? This, hey, I don't like that outline. It's not mine, it's his. I'm just borrowing his notes. I just tried to do a little alliteration, which I rarely do. So I'll be honest with you. Sometimes alliterative preaching drives me crazy. The power and the purpose of the move. And, the, and try the, 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 stop it. Just preach to me, okay? But anyway, so anyway, number one, rendezvous. If we're going to spend an hour with God, then we look at, look, need to look at prayer as a rendezvous. Move past drudgery. Gotta pray. Move past duty. Rendezvous means a place where people who love and admire each other love to be together. I like what President Reagan said when he said we have a rendezvous with destiny, right? Hey, we have a rendezvous with God. You're meeting with God. Don't get too excited, right? I remember years ago, a dear friend of mine, I see him every June, and I love him. I am so blessed, Brother Shoemaker, to preach in all different camps. Every June, I'm with my friend, Sammy Allen. Hey, man! I mean, the man is a prayer warrior like nobody's business. But, you know, when I think about somebody that enjoys God, I think about Brother Sammy Allen. He enjoys God. He said, hey, a lot of people said you ought not get excited. Hey, hey, man, don't get excited. You're just forgiven all your sins. Don't get too excited. You're just going to be in heaven one day. Don't get too excited. You're going to see Jesus. Don't get too excited. You're going to see your loved ones that are there. Amen. Somebody say amen. You see what I mean? Okay, now, I'm not saying that... Now, Jeff Redland, as I picked up, he loves that kind of stuff. He is, he is the epitome of your camp meeting preacher, right? And really, I'm not... But occasionally, I get there. I, I'm emotional wreck, you know. It, it goes with my nature and my family. Manic depression runs in my family. <laughs> but I'm okay! Okay. 
But listen, many times your meditation turns into meditations. Hey, my sister's like me. You see why she's in that kind of church? Anyway, forget about it. Okay, private joke there with Josh from Vero Beach. But love that kid. I love all of you. There's nobody here I don't love. Some I love more than others. But anyway, especially my wife, as I'm talking about, you know. Kids were rearing our children. You know what I kept saying when, 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 I, <laughs> when I saw Rachel up here? I, I even leaned over and said to Jeff, that's, that's Queen Esther right there. She was Esther in one of our vacation Bible schools. And by the way, my oldest son was a Hasuerus, and he really did fit that bill in the same way that she fed Esther. And, uh, and Andrew, I still remember the Newsies uh, uh, vacation Bible school. Very carnal, but it was fun. Amen. <laughs> but... <laughs> That was because my daughter, my daughter had a hand in it. Forget, don't go there, okay? Don't, why are you getting me off track like that, okay? So a lot of times our meditation turns into meditation. We get bored. And is it embarrassing? By the way, the Lord notices when you get bored with him. Isn't that what he was talking about? Remember, you're weary of me. You're, I'm, you're tired of me. Uh, there's no relationship that's not in danger if the person that you're in relation with gets the idea that you were bored with them. You know, bored with is a very dangerous place. I don't know where this came from, but years ago, I heard of piece of a play. I don't even know the name of it. I didn't know the... It was just one piece of play. It was this lady who was exasperated because her husband was totally ignoring her and she says something to the effect, beat me, scream at me, do ever what you want to with me, but please don't let me die of benign neglect. Just, okay, I'm going through the motion. Well, how can I get excited? I, I would say the first thing I like to do when I come to the presence of the Lord is saying, Our Father, ooh, stop right there. Abba, how can we say Abba? Because of what it says in Hebrews 10 and verse number 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to come into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. I say, thank you, Lord, by the blood of Jesus. I can call you Abba. I'm not worthy, but I can do this. So we see, he says, hallowed be thy name. When you come into the presence, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy... Hallowed means to rave, to boast, to laud, in essence, to celebrate God, to celebrate God. So when I come into the presence, I'm celebrating who he is. I'm not looking to his hand. I'm looking to his face, celebrating who he is. And that's not abstract. Psalm 100 teaches us very clearly to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise, be thankful unto him. And here's what it says, bless his name. By the way, it says earlier there in Psalm 100 to come before him with singing. So singing, a lot of times, that's exactly what I do. It's hard to fall asleep when you're talking out loud. It's real hard to to fall asleep when you're singing to God. Brother Willow sometimes said, uh, somebody said to me once, I heard him say this once, he said, somebody said to me they didn't like my singing. I said, that's okay, I'm not singing to you. I'm singing to Jesus and he loves it. Amen. So true. So the Bible says, be thankful unto him and bless his name. A great definition of prayer is found in Hebrews 13 and verse number 15. Praise is the fruit of our lips giving thanks unto his name. We enter into his courts blessing his name. Praise is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now, when we think about the New Testament era with Jesus, we can praise him for being, I'll go through this fastly, I'm going to abbreviate it, Adam, advocate, anointed, apostle, beloved, begotten, branch, bridegroom, bright and morning star, balm of Gilead, brightness of the Father's glory, cluster of camphor, captain, cornerstone, chief, Christ, 
ensign, elect, Emmanuel, finisher of our faith, first fruits, fountain of life, issuing from the cave of death, God, gift of God, governor, guiding, glorious Lord, help, husband, horn of salvation, heir of the church, high priest, hell's dread, heaven's wonder, the holy, most holy one of God, image of God's person, immortal, invisible, right? Master, Messiah, priest, Passover, propitiation, prince of life, prince of peace, root of Jesse, root of David, rose of Sharon, as old Dr. Lee used to say, blossoming in the shades of hell and quenching for all believers the fires of hell enclosed in the crater of damnation with foliage, fruit, and flowers, shield, sufferer, savior, sinless sacrifice, the same yesterday, today, and forever, the witness, the word, the way, wonderful, teacher, tabernacle, truth, I forgot something, wonderful, Sweetest name of mortal tongue, sweetest carol ever tongue. So you can just look for the name of Jesus in the Bible. If you want to hallow his name, again, as Brother Allen would say, hi, man, put an H in front of it, and it really sounds good, all right? So here we are. I mean, just the name of Jesus. Anything you ask in his name. And, and behind his name, there, there's some meaning behind his name. When Jesus said, when you come before the Father, hallow his name, you think about, well, who is he? We heard it this morning, Brother, wonderful message by Brother Redlin. I thank you so much. We come into his presence, Elohim, and God said, and God said. And 32 times Elohim's in Genesis 1. And Elohim bears the connotation and the, and the understanding of plurality. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. So a lot of times when I'm coming in the prayer, I will just start off by singing the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Okay, so praise him for being Elohim. I'm coming to your presence praising you for being Elohim. I praise you for being El Shaddai. Beautiful word in Hebrew from two Hebrew words. One of the Hebrew words is mother's breast and the other's mighty like a mountain. Meaning you never get weaned from God, right? In the same way that a child gets prevention. You know, they're talking about preventing yourself, getting certain disease. You ever notice how a lot of the kids are now protected? I'm not going to be dogmatic on this, but you ever notice a lot of the kids right now, they're saying, hey, the older people are getting it, but the kids are protected. The kids aren't getting this virus. There's something interesting that takes place when a child nurses from his mother. He gets colostrum. Colostrum is the best inoculation against childhood illnesses. They don't have anything that can be made in a test tube like that. So what a child gets from his mother protects him against the world. And here's the point. God says, I'm El Shaddai. Come to me. Never be weaned from me. The protection that you'll have against the world, the flesh, and the devil comes from me. As Brother uh, Shoemaker was pointing out, it's that relationship. That's where the power comes from, that relationship. And if we never get weaned from him, you see, the more dependent we are on God, the more independent we are from each other and the world. Amen. Now, I'm not saying independent from each other, but we're to fellowship with one another, right? But I mean independent from being, you're, you're not my source. You're not my source. I remember one time there was a very, very wealthy man in the first year of our ministry that left our church. And this was back in 1981. And uh, I, I, by the way, I never know who gives what. Uh, but one of the men in our church said, Pastor, he drops in $2,000 every Sunday morning. We can't afford I said, let me tell you something, my friend. God can give us 10 other people to give that amount. I said, that man's not our source. He said, we can't make it without him. I said, watch us. Amen. God is our source. Amen. So he's El Shaddai. He's El Roy. And of all people, it was Hagar that told us that. He's the God who sees. He doesn't just look out for Sarah. He's looking out for Hagar. He doesn't only look out for Jacob uh, and, and, and Isaac. He's looking out for Esau even and, and, and Ishmael. If they'll look into him. Amen. He has no respect of persons. He's El Alam. He's the everlasting God. From everlasting to everlasting, he is God. He is the Adonai. That's the Old Testament form of Lord. He's the one in control. 
And then Moses said, who am I going to say sent me? He said, well, tell him I am that I am hath sent you. And so that's exactly what we find, at least 12 composite names with I am that I am. Jehovah sick in you, I am your righteousness. Jehovah Makedish, I am your sanctification. Jehovah Shalom, I am your peace. Jehovah Shema, I am God who is with you. Jehovah Rapha, I am your healing. Jehovah, right? So we see that God is declaring, this is who I am. I am that I am. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah El Gamola, your recompense. Vengeance isn't yours, it's mine, give it to me. Jehovah Nissi, Jehovah Naked, Jehovah Elion, Jehovah Sabaoth, you're the Lord of hosts. Everything over my head is under your nail pierced feet. Now, if you're like me, I'm going through this and I say, okay, Lord, I'm doing what you're telling me to do and I'm teaching our men to do exactly this. And so we get in your presence, we get six lines of demarcation. By the way, the reason it's so interesting to go through six points of this is because when I, years ago I used to jog a half hour every day, four to five days a week. And I found that when I began to jog, if I said, I'm going to run for a half hour and I start running, two minutes later I'm winded. Oh, man, alive. I got, I got 27 more minutes. I got 28 more minutes to go. But I found if I had lines of demarcation, I know that when I get to the Bobcat Stadium, I'm one-fifth way through. When I get to the Yellow Fire Hydrant, I'm two-fifths through. When I get to the Dobermans that are really mean, that's where I get my second win, I'm three-fifths through. <laughs> when I get to the fire station, I'm four-fifths through. So I found that it was easy to go from demarcation to demarcation. Same thing when you're praying. You're saying, I'm going to pray for an hour. Oh, dear God, how can I go this long? Start out by demarcation number one. Praise and hallow his name. You want, what's the significance? And I remember thinking, what, how is the significance? And then, again, if, if this is too elementary, forgive me, but I think it makes sense. When my mother and my fifth grade teacher said, Jonathan Franklin Pope, that's my name. I responded. When my dad wanted to take us fishing or swimming, hey, Johnny Frank, want to go fishing, boy? <laughs> See, I'm the same guy. I'm the same guy. Here I'm Jonathan Franklin. Here I'm Johnny Frank. <laughs> so I get married. I have little kids. Daddy! Guess what daddy does? Uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> same guy. Jonathan Franklin. Johnny Frank. Daddy. You see what? Then the kids got older. Teenagers. Yo, dad, what's up? It's all good, man. <laughs> same guy, but I'm responding differently to dad than I was Daddy. Hey, I like this one. Papa. Yeah, whatever you want. Yeah, whatever you want. (laughs) Pastor. Pastor Johnny. Yes. (laughs) Evangelist. Yes. (laughs) Same guy. Are you with me? You know what my wife calls me? None of your business, right? (laughs) But if she calls me honey, she gets... Same guy. Do you think that maybe God was helping us out by saying, go ahead and hallow my name. The times that I don't feel very good. Segrenosake mule, we used to say back home. Lord, I want to just say thank you for being Jehovah. Rofe, you are my healer. Ooh, that even feels better. Or Lord, I need guidance. Lord, I don't know. I've got all these decisions I have to make. I love that what Brother Jeff was talking about, you know, you're feeling like we're supposed to be on top of it and you're supposed to not be confused. How many times I've come to the Lord, Lord, I'm ready to go where you want me to go. I just don't know where you want me to go. Jehovah Rohi, you're my shepherd. Praise God for who he is and enjoy the attribute of who he is. 
And we find that we enter into his court. So praise is the anteroom to prayer. Praise is the vestibule that brings us into the temple of prayer. So then where do I go from there? Well, right now I've broken ground and I've just hallowed his name. I've praised him and I'm sensing his manifested presence. And now I've named the next point alliteratively, you might say, reigning. Now, that didn't come out of the clear blue, but it's thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And if you look at your prayer guide, we have Romans 5.17 right there. They which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Did you see what that says? It says that we can rule and we can reign in life. How you doing? Okay, under the circumstances. What are you doing under there? Deuteronomy 28.13 says he hath made thee the head and not the tail, to be above only, not beneath. And this is where, and again, Jeff was touching on this a while ago about taking the dominion that God has given to us from creation. I kind of close out with that too. But when we say thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven, we're not just talking about the sweet by and by, we're talking about the nasty now and now. And if you'll notice there in Romans 14, 17 and 1 Corinthians 4, 20, that we find four attributes of the kingdom for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. So there's four attributes of the kingdom of God right now. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost and power. Righteousness, we're praying. Now watch this. I've been on the planes many times. And I remember when they first started giving the announcement, now if we lose our oxygen, the mass will fall down. If there's a child next to you, put it on yourself first, then the child. For, and then I couldn't stand it. After a while, I said, hey, wait a minute. Don't you think we ought to take care of the kid first? They said, no. You'll, you're, you're liable to lose consciousness. And then you and the child both won't have oxygen. The first thing you do is to give it to yourself so you can stay conscious to put it on the child. And even though that's kind of a worldly example, I thought to myself, no wonder we should start out with ourselves saying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth, in this piece of earth right here. Let your kingdom come. Righteousness, God help every decision I be made to be dominated by who you are, your righteousness. Peace, Lord, I am troubled. I need to calm myself down. We've entered into his rest. Oh, that we might allow our condition to catch up with our position. Our position is that we're seated with Christ in heavenly places, but we don't always live like it. In Romans 5, the Bible says we get peace with God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's salvation. But the Bible says in Philippians 4, be careful, which means worried, for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. The peace of God is the nature of God. God's not worried. God's not bothered. Nothing is shocking God today. Has that ever occurred to you that nothing has ever occurred to God? Gabriel, did you see that? No, he understood. Okay, I want your peace, Lord. Join the Holy Ghost. I know there are some people that clinically speaking need some help because there might be a a bipolar situation. I understand that. (laughs) Okay, not only by, not not by experience, but well... You don't believe that, do you? But anyway, um, I understand that. But there's a lot of people that are getting medication that what you need is the kingdom of God to come and the will of God to be done in your life. And what is the will? Joy in the Holy Ghost. Peter said it like this, joy unspeakable and full of glory. He said it's beyond our comprehension. Joy in the Holy Ghost and power. 
after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You should be witnesses. So we need that power to be the witnesses that we ought to be. And then listen to me very carefully. You can't pray for everybody, but then start out with those that are closest to you. How about your family? Can I give you two verses? And I, and I just want to read these verses. I, I wasn't going to do this. We have so little time here. But I want to read to you Nehemiah 4 and verse number 14. And then I want to read to you Lamentations 2 and verse number 19. Um, if I could, please. Okay. Listen to this. Nehemiah is doing the work of God, building the wall. Everybody's trying to talk him out of it. Here's what he says in verse number 14, Nehemiah 4. And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles, unto the rulers, unto the rest of the people, Be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your houses. Please notice the wording. Fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your houses. Fight for your family. Then in Lamentations 2.19, the last ditch effort, when the people of God would not repent and be what they should be, he says, here's one last thing you need to understand. Lamentations 2.19. Arise, cry out in the night, in the beginning of the watches. Pour out thine heart like water before the face of the Lord. Watch this. Lift up thy hands toward him for the life of thy young children that faint for hunger on the top of every street. Now, that's true physically speaking, but all scriptures give them inspiration. So every bit of it is profitable for doctrine, reproof, for instruction and righteousness, right? So we're in spiritual warfare. So as our kids were growing up, I would get, all their bedrooms were upstairs. I'd get underneath Heather's room and I'd say, righteousness, peace, joy, and the Holy Ghost and power. And God would often pick my heart out about one of the attributes of the kingdom that she needed. Then I go to Juliana's and then I go to Jonathan and Sean's. I had to be spending a little bit more time there. But anyway, I'm praying the price. Building that hedge of protection around the family. For thou, O Lord, art a shield about me. You're my glory. You're the lifter of my head. So I'm pray. Matter of fact, sometimes I'll pray over them, and I pray over my wife while she's sleeping. Arise while it is night, especially to the men. I think there's something valuable about getting up before your family does and praying for them before they enter into the domain of this world. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven for your, for your family. Then those that you're most associated with, like for me, Deegan, Sunday school teacher, we pray for the harvest. By the way, remember what 1 Timothy 2 says, I exhort therefore that first of all, not last of all, but first of all, supplications, prayers, intercession, giving the thanks be made for all men. For kings, we don't have kings. God knew that. That's why he said, and for all that are in authority, for you that have presidents for you to have senators and representatives, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. It's important to vote, and we voted this past Tuesday. I'm not telling you what I voted for, but I didn't go on the Democratic side. But anyway, I want to tell you, but I, I want to tell you this. Listen to me very carefully. More important than voting is praying. Praying for Donald J. Trump. Praying for Michael Pence. Amen. Praying for our senators, Ted Cruz, John Cornyn. Praying for our representatives, Dan Crenshaw. Yeah, you know, I love it. You know, he's got that patch. You know. Okay, so I'm praying for <laughs> some of you don't know what I'm talking about. Dan Crenshaw. That's a yeah. I made he, He's patch, new patch pirate. But anyway, um, but I'm praying for them. I'm praying for Supreme Court justices that have dealt wrongly with our country. That Roe versus Wade will be reversed. That same-sex marriage will be reversed. Praying for John Roberts. Praying for, are you with me? Kavanaugh. Praying for these guys. Praying that hedge of protection. Praying the price. The heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. And like the rivers of water, God can change things. Prayer changes people. Prayer changes things. 
Now you're reigning through life. You're not letting life roll over you. You're reigning through life, one Christ Jesus. But we also need to receive from the Lord. Give us this day our daily bread. Notice, how can we do this? Centered in the will of God. And we give you some verses for that. Be not conformed, but transform. Confident of the Lord's provision that God will provide. That's what 3 John 2 was talking about. Praying that you would prosper, even as your soul would prosper. I want God to meet your every need. Continuous in pursuit and say it again and again and again. Never stop praying. Give us this day our daily bread. For those that really do need bread, I think about those in Hurricane Katrina and the 2,600 people that we helped in Katrina. And I submit to you that one reason that we were able to do that, and by the way, it was a wonderful, I wish I had time to tell you, of the kudos that came from the... Did you know that Disney World found out what we were doing? And they said, is it okay if we send some characters from Disney World? Mickey and Minnie... And Goofy and Pluto came to our place during Katrina because the word got out. People Magazine came. Can you believe it? CNN came. I was actually on CNN preaching the gospel with a bunch of victims for Katrina out there. Oh, can I tell you something about Mickey and Minnie? I went to see them when they were in our nursery and they were getting pictures with all the refugees from Katrina. And they said, hey, Mickey, Pastor really loves you. I said, yeah, well, I've known you since the Mickey Mouse Club. And, and, I, and, and so Mickey and Minnie are there, and I said, hey, you've been in Idaho for 62 years. It's time to get married. I married Mickey and Minnie. <laughs> My wife, ever the prophetic spirit, rowing away home. I'm driving home that afternoon. I married Mickey and Minnie. Isn't that amazing? I married Mickey and Minnie. My wife said, it's probably two girls in the uniform. You know that, don't you? <laughs> Give us to say our daily bread. Um, it's amazing. We were able to influence people for Christ because of feeding hungry people that we never could have if by just going door to door. So give us to say our daily bread. And so God's interested. I think about the $3 million we had to come up with very fast, and it came up. Give us to stay our daily bread. God's more interested in being your needs than you are interested in your needs being met. Isn't that a good... Well, I, I believe that so much. Let me help myself out. Amen, Johnny. That's the truth. Okay, good. I bring my own amen every now and then. Okay, so receiving from the Lord. Number four, resolution. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Confess your sin to the Lord. Have compassion toward others, right? That's what the Lord taught us. Yeah, but I'll forgive them when they say I'm sorry. Well, let me ask you a question. Who is saying I'm sorry at the foot of the cross? When Jesus said, Father, forgive them, they know what they do. First martyr. Lay not this sin to their charge. Saul never got over it, did he? That's why Jesus said it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. What was the prick? He kept hearing Stephen's prayer over and over and over and over again. Boy, the kingdom of God advances of this. This is what we have the ability to do. Nobody else in any other religion has the ability to do. Control our temperament. Pray that prayer right there. By the way, did you notice after verse 13, this is the only part of the model prayer that has an addendum? Verse 14 and 15, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So that's the only part of the prayer that has an addendum. So then we move to resting in the Lord and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Here is where we need to put on the whole armor of God. And Ephesians gives you that great thing to go by. Loins could about the truth, breastplate of righteousness, a feet shall with the preparation of gospel peace, shield of faith to quench every fire dart of the devil, helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And every day before I open up my Bible and I'm praying this prayer, Lord, open thou mine eyes that they may behold wondrous things out of thy law. 
And there the logos becomes the rhema. God will give you verses that will help you and transform you. So what you need to do at this point, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. But if you go outside and you're not dressed for the day, and it's cold, you're going to get cold. If it's hot, you're going to get hot, right? So you dress for the day. Why do you want to leave? Why do you want to start your day without putting your spiritual clothes on? Put on the whole armor of God. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. That means go through it. It might seem like a trivial thing to you, but it's not to God. Otherwise, he would have said, teach you. Here's how you pray. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. He wants to deliver you from that evil. So then we finally come to, that was resisting for the Lord. This is resting in the Lord. For thine is the kingdom. There it is. The dominion. The dominion that we lost in the garden, we can gain through Christ. Taking dominion. Christ's dynamic force, the power, not by might nor by power. The designation, for what reason? Unto Christ be glory in the church. For the glory of God. Now, I just kind of ran through this and I feel like a teacher that's fixing to give a test and I've just given you the answers. So study, we're going to have a test in three days. So be ready, okay? But it's more than that. Jesus taught in the way the rabbis taught. He laid out the outline. Some would call it, even before in the B.C., the Socratic method. The rabbis would teach like that. They would throw out a thought. Then there would be dialogue and discussion. This is the way Jesus taught. He didn't mean for you to just take this and memorize it. You know, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hail Mary, full of grace. Come right down, feed her face. No name, son, beckon, leave. Offer, offer, take your face. You know what I mean? Just, this is not, this is not Baptist rosary, okay? He said, in like manner, pray ye, Luke chapter 11. The point is, spend some time with God in prayer. Do not feel frustrated because you say, I'd like to pray, but honestly, Pastor, I don't know what to say to the Lord. Sit still. Try sitting still for an hour. Try walking and praying for an hour. So whether you walk and pray, whether you're prostrate and pray, whether you're kneeling and pray, just try to do this for one week. I found that this has been very much a blessing for people. I would ask you today to commit one hour to God in prayer. Now, when I'm saying one hour to God, I mean give it all to God. Not while I'm brushing my teeth, making my bed, driving to work. Just some dedicated place where you can do that. By the way, do that when necessary. I've had to do that when necessary. Pray while I'm going. But if at all possible, find that place. And by the way, if your day's divided, something happens, you can't help, and you only got 15 minutes in, when it comes to lunch, it might do you good to skip lunch. Take 15 minutes and pray. And then on the way home, honey, I got 30 more minutes I need to spend with God. Can I do this? I treat that time more important than any phone call, than any counseling appointment. This guy in our church just always had to have my attention. He, he would come over to my house. He would find, one time I w- we got through praying at 6 in the morning. He said, can I talk? I said, well, and at that time, I'm jogging home three miles. He said, can I run with you? He was in wingtips in a three-piece suit. I said, sure, and he's walking. That guy was crazy, but... Remember, he saw my car in, the, in my driveway and he rang the doorbell. Barbara answered and said, I got to talk to Brother Pope. She said, he's counseling. Or he's, no, he's in, no, he's in counsel. He's in an appointment right now. No, he can't be in an appointment. His car's here. No, he's in conversation, I mean. He said, Mrs. Pope, there's no other car but his car here. She said, he's in prayer. I don't interrupt him when he's talking to God. You don't want me to interrupt God for you, do you? Oh, no, ma'am. You know, he never bugged me again. God was good. So pray an hour a day for no other reason to keep obnoxious people away. I want to close with this. 
I want to close with this. The pastor had a dear friend that was a missionary for 20 years in Africa. The man was not able to come home for 20 years, but he longed for the day the pastor could come visit him. So when the pastor came and visited him, the missionary said, can you get up with me in the morning and go to my secret place? He said, sure I can. So he got to this plateau, and as far as you could see, you could see little huts and little houses. And he said, Pastor, 20 years ago, not one of these people had ever heard the name Jesus. Now to God be the glory, God has moved in such a wonderful way. Nearly every house here is the household of faith. He said, Pastor, I want you to look out there. It was early morning hour. The, the, the day was just breaking. He said, tell me what you see, Pastor. He said, well, I see a little wisp of smoke. It looks like, a, it looks like breakfast is starting. He said, do you see anything else? He said, as a matter of fact, I do. It looks like there's a, a path. Some of these paths are going to the jungle. Some of the paths are going to the prairie. He said, that's what I want you to see. He said, the paths? He said, yeah, 20 years ago, there were no paths there. But as these men gave their heart to Christ, without even much discipleship training, they saw the importance of praying, especially in the morning before their families got up. And so those paths are their paths to prayer. He said, Pastor, he said, I never have to ask any of my men if they're backslidden. All I have to do is get up here in the secret place, and before I pray, I just check out the paths. And if grass is growing in their path, they're backslidden. Is there grass growing on your path? You've been listening to a message from the Pensacola Christian College Enrichment Retreat. You're welcome to pass this message along to others, but we ask that you do not charge for it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. If you're a pastor or ministry leader, join us for the next Enrichment Retreat and experience a time of physical rest and spiritual refreshment. To learn more, visit enrichmentretreat.com.